I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. It. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Hello, everybody, and welcome. It's the podcast that proves the trivial things in life really do matter the most. It's, yes, you're right, it's Is It Just Me with your host, Joe Elvin. That's me, by the way, and him. And I'm James Williams. Hi, and of course, it's never just us, is it? Absolutely Thank not. God for that. And we do have the guest to end all guests this week. I don't know, like the Marmite of, <laughs> of Britain, really. It's like really needs no introduction. Television presenter, host of Good Morning Britain... Just kind of professional bastard. Really. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, Piers Morgan. What a delightful introduction. <laughs> yeah, I must say. Got to say, by the way, I actually I love Marmite, so <laughs> I don't really see do. that as being anything other than a great compliment. No. But it's an acquired taste. That's yes. what it does. But this is one of the things I do like about you the most, Piers, is you can wrestle the compliment out of any insult that comes your well, way. Well, my view about it is we, we live in such a PC world where everyone seeks to outdo each other in their virtue-signalling, angelic way. You know, I do this for everybody. I do more than you do. We're all wonderful. Everyone's great. Of course, real life isn't really like that. I tend to just say what I think, and that gets me sometimes into trouble. And other times, rather like a nice spread of good Marmite, people go, oh, I like the taste of that. I like the cut of that jib. Yes. But do you think a lot of the time, Piers, people don't realise that you, know, you are trying to get reactions. You're trying to start debates and, you, you know, a, a dialogue a lot of the time. But that, I think that's often my people, question. Yeah. Is it, it, are, do you genuinely, do you sometimes just think, I don't 100% agree with this, I'm going to poke that one in there because I know that. Sometimes I don't genuinely know what I think about an issue. Yeah. I'm quite happy to thrash it out with a debate. What I'll always try and do is take a position. Yeah. Um, but, but I can be persuaded. I mean, it doesn't happen very often, I have to say, but I can be persuaded that I'm wrong by somebody who really knows their stuff and gives me a compelling argument. What I really feel strongly about, I've got four kids and you know they've been through universities and um, uh, drama colleges and so on. And you see more and more universities in this country now where they've got this kind of safe space mentality. They know platform anyone they don't agree with, normally on the right of the political divide and so on. It never used to be like that. Yeah. I mean, in the old days, universities were a hotbed of debate, of democracy. And now it's like, if you don't agree with us, and I see the same thing on social media, you know, if you don't think Trump's a complete uh, imbecile, 
uh, and the next Hitler, then you must be immediately sentenced to social media death. Similarly, if you didn't vote for Remain, and you dare to think that Brexit may not be a disaster, you must also be sentenced to social media death. And of course, the reason that Brexit and Trump happened is because actually most people aren't on social media. They're not part of this weird little bubble. They don't agree with the mob rule. They make their own minds up about stuff. And actually, that's how these things happen and everyone appears to be shocked well no people on social media are shocked so i you know my my central plank of what i do whether it's on good morning britain or in the daily mail columns is to stimulate proper debate so that people can get well informed and they can make decisions about about stuff which actually really matters and they could do it from an informed point of view. And if that means. got my PA bringing you coffee. Would <laughs> so, yeah. you like me to pour it into a cup? Uh, I'd actually like a silver salver, please. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know when you're. It's not joking. Paper, don't don't sugar, need sugar. No, no sugar Sweet enough as it is, as I'm sure <laughs> Joe will tell you. I, I do fear for discourse. Yeah. And on that, I agree with you. I think well, what you were saying earlier is interesting. I quite often don't voice an opinion on social media because I don't 100% know what I think and I don't want to be called out because I don't know absolutely everything about a particular issue and I think that that's kind of a shame and I don't think I'm You've also got to have a very thick skin I mean let's not not beat about the bush here Twitter has become a very sort of febrile and often quite abusive platform now I happen to like it because it plays into my kind of psyche of combative debate but there's no doubt that me and my wife Celia who you know well, both of you, she, she would never go on Twitter because she would hate that reaction yeah. from people. And I think that's a real shame that Twitter has become a bit of a jungle in that sense. Um, but at the same time, it's massively popular. It's incredibly well followed. And for me as a columnist and a television presenter who relies on provocative debate as my raison d'etre, it's a very good way of actually floating ideas, engaging in debate, finding out what people think. Um, but again, I come back to my, my central point of doing this is to stimulate democratic debate, which I think is incredibly important. Yeah. You know, I don't only follow on Twitter people I agree with. No. I think it's really important. I follow lots of people who actually I find incredibly annoying, right? And probably the same way people follow me. Um, but I do it so I get what the other part of the echo chamber is saying, yeah. what they're hearing, what they're listening to. You know, when I go to America, I, listen, I watch Fox News and I watch CNN and I watch... MSNBC, and by watching all of them, you get a much more rounded picture of things like the Trump phenomenon than if you just watched a channel that hates him. Mm. Have you ever been um, hurt by something that someone said to you on Twitter? Well, sometimes you wake up in the morning, the first thing you read is, <laughs> I hope you get beheaded by ISIS, and you're like, <clears throat> Look, I was just, in a bad mood. I'm can, sorry. You, can you at least <laughs> yeah. wait until yeah. I've had my cornflakes? Yeah. You know? yeah. um, no, not really. I mean, to be honest with you, it would only hurt me, funnily enough, it would only be if it was somebody either I truly respected who I didn't know perhaps, but somebody I really idolised from afar, a sporting hero or somebody. I mean, I remember being a bit annoyed when, funny enough, when John Legend blocked me. And he only did it because I'd been engaged in a Twitter spat with his what very, very do? annoying wife, Chrissy Teigen. Oh, we love Chrissy. Who I think is arguably <laughs> the world's most annoying woman. And we're but she's married to an incredibly wondrous talent. I love you, Chrissy, being we, my best yeah, friend. Love you, yeah, Chrissy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you don't have to suck up to her anymore. You're not running glamour anymore. Yeah, but I'm running you. don't need her for a cover. Yeah. You don't need Chrissy Teigen. She's way below 52 you. 52 bloody covers. Come on. But it's that kind of thing where, yeah. where that was a crushing moment. John Legend blocked me. I was like, oh, because of his wife. It's like, can't we separate the what two? What did he do to Chrissy? No, I just got into an argument with her because she was just being so abusive to me on Twitter oh. about, I think about Trump or something. And I've been with Trump, you know, I know him very well. Been a friend of mine for 10 years. 
I wrote 36 columns about it last year. 18 were positive, 18 were negative. I try to be fair about it. But you're not allowed to be fair. You know, the, the liberal world only allows you to think he's the devil and only allows you to think Brexit is a disaster. And I don't buy into any of that. I voted Remain and I wouldn't vote for Trump. But I'm absolutely happy to concede that there are good parts of both of them. Have you always had this self-belief and this thick skin? Or is it something that you've developed over yeah. time? Yeah, I mean, my... my <laughs> well, I have... But it is amazing. My mum my remembers me reading the Daily Mail age about seven years old and just pontificating about stuff in the paper. My village mates will tell you I was always this opinionated. I used to be thrown out of my local pub, the Waterloke in Newark, regularly for getting drunk and just being obnoxious with my opinions um, and being very argumentative. My kids, you know, my idea of a dream holiday is I take my three sons away to a, uh, like a nice Caribbean resort and we just have dinner every night and argue. For two hours over a, over a bottle of wine oh and some God, beers. Oh my God, that just sounds exhausting. I know. I'm but creating it, new monsters, but they. But I do. I really think it's important that they are prepared to engage in debate, yeah. not least for themselves. Thing is, though, Piers. I mean, I'll be honest with you. When I've mentioned to people that you're coming on, it, it's very, it's very, it's the Marmite reaction. Sure. You, you either get people say, "Oh my God, I love him," or something. Oh my God, he's a twat. Yeah, yeah. Right. But That's nice, I have to. Say, I don't actually that. know you that well, Piers. But I know enough people close to you to know. There is actually a very sweet, kind, loyal side to you. Well, don't, you, don't kill them. I know, things. but this is true. <laughs> yeah, is it? Come on, Joe. Own it. Yep. And I just think a lot of the time, I, I do worry sometimes. You, you, you almost let yourself be portrayed as too much of the panther. Yeah, but I don't care. No, I don't care. No, I really don't care what people think. Really? No, because I mean, basically, I have a polarized reputation because I express opinions. Mm. I'm not going to stop. No. So if you think that just you know, because I certain opinions are very polarizing. You know, and I go take the first women's march after Trump was elected. That was never about women's rights. I have throughout my career promoted more women. When I was at Daily Mirror, promoted more women to top jobs and paid them just the same as the men or more than any editor in the history of the Daily Mirror. Uh, and they'll all tell you that. But I was not prepared to sign up to this ridiculous march where it was basically Madonna screaming about blowing up the White House. But I so don't, I don't by, by writing that, I got into loads of trouble. But I would still argue now, looking back on it, I was completely right. I don't understand why you get so angry about stuff like that, about, you know, women expressing. For me, it was the fear of the erosion of women's rights. That's what made me march. That's, it, was, it was a stand I'm not saying that. you weren't marching for well-intentioned reasons. I could only go on what I was watching on television around the world. And it was hideous. It was just a bunch of screaming celebrities abusing Donald Trump because they hate him. Well, you can hate Donald Trump as much as you like. But actually... Let's fight for what is really important, which is women's rights. You know, is everybody's hero here by comparison to Trump? My favourite question is, how many illegal immigrants did Obama deport in eight years? You know? No, of course not. Have a guess. Illegal immigrants are breaking the law, aren't they? But so I don't even know. Can the, you both what spit what a out base, a number? I don't even know what a baseline <laughs> figure would be. No, a million. A million. Yeah. A million and one. Three million. Wow. He was the greatest deporter in the history of the United States presidency. He dropped more bombs in his last year than any American president in one year in history. He campaigned originally by saying he'd shut Guantanamo Bay because it was the biggest abuse of human rights he'd ever seen in America. It's still open. So you can create a totally different picture of St. Barack, and I could create, from my knowledge of him, a very different picture of evil Donald Trump. From my knowledge of him, very loyal guy, being very interesting, I think, in his presidency, on the economy, doing some really interesting stuff that's really beginning to work. And my guess is he'll probably get re-elected. Now, when you say these things, people are absolutely horrified. I'm like, well, I did try and warn you, he'd get elected. Mm. And I kept being told there is no chance Donald Trump will win. 
There's no chance Brexit's ever going to happen. And this, again, comes back to this kind of uh, echo chamber that people prefer to live in. And it's very safe, and it's all their own people. They, they don't have friends who don't agree with them. They don't dine or go to the wine bar with people who don't agree with them. I, I find that baffling, that anyone would want to live their lives surrounded by people that they only agree with. Well, this is where we get back to, I think, that print media is going to have its resurgence, its renaissance, because... Of the Print media is dead. No, <laughs> absolutely not. Dead but as a doornail. I think as a I speak as yeah. somebody who spent nearly 30 years and ran two national newspapers, but print newspapers, newspapers are dead and will be dead within 10 to 15 years. And digital newspapers will be alive and kicking, led by the Daily Mail, which is the biggest English-speaking newspaper website in the world. And that's the way it's all going to go. Magazines, I think, are an interesting thing. I think some, many will fall by the wayside. The stronger brands may well survive and thrive. That there'll always be a market for a monthly good magazine. And they might be ever more beautifully produced and very high quality and aimed at that kind of marketplace. So let's not kid ourselves. Print media, print media in terms of print format, is, has a very small, short, but small shelf But we line. have to get to a point where we can trust online sources a lot more mm-hmm. than we do at the moment. And it's that's be hard. I think, yeah. Fake news will get worse and worse. Yeah. And Facebook have to wake up in particular. Yeah. Um, you know, did a thing this morning on Martin Lewis, the financial yeah, guy. He's got all these fake um, you know, promos yeah. involving him. To, and people have been fleeced of £100,000 in one case. I have the same fake stuff with me about Bitcoin and things. They're all completely fraudulent. Yeah. But it's and they're all appearing on Facebook, which pretends it's not a publisher, but it is a publisher. Just to make it immune from being held up to the same levels, they would have they to don't want to. They don't want to be tasked with the responsibility yeah. for what appears on their platform. It is to crazy. me, you can't anymore do that. It's a bit like Twitter, when ISIS use it as a propaganda tool. No, you can. You are a publisher. The majority of people you know use their Facebook feed as their news outlet, right. as in their yeah. news feed. So to, for them to have the stance that they don't have a responsibility is, quite frankly, outrageous. But They should, I mean, they should be regulated better. I feel like Piers is going to be a natural for this show, Joe. We've not even got onto any official topics yet. We're already setting the world to write. Um, well, you were born ready, Piers, but I think, are you ready to do some topics? Of course. Okay, let's, let's do go. it. Let's go. Right, Piers, Joe, uh, let's kick things off. Um, I had this epiphany the other day when a friend of mine who genuinely is like a birthday Godzilla in terms of how much they love and adore their own birthday uh-huh. and I'm the I'm the exact opposite of that and so I'm just wondering is it just me who actually hates my birthday and before you say it it's not about getting old it really isn't it's not my ego of course being... it is <laughs> it's not my ego being that fragile no I, I, just, say... now you just told a barefaced lie no it's, well, of course it's about you getting you old it's not all about that though I don't know you that well but looking at you you're a man that where physical appearance is important to you everything's immaculate right <laughs> do you like the beard it's well, you well, but you it's all been beautifully yeah, crafted yeah, yeah. right yeah. the hair the beard everything. so you're a guy who takes you know you, you take good good care of yourself I try. and you pride yourself on how you look and every time you get older by a year mm. it hits you like a sledgehammer how old are you? are you trying to make me cry? Uh, how old are you? 41 41 so even saying it hurt you yeah? <laughs> whereas me I was always the wonder kid of British newspapers that was how I was always described and they used to use it as a stick to beat me I was too young too inexperienced I was the youngest member of the News of the World staff of the entire staff when I became the editor so I always had the reverse psychology of hating the fact that I was always basically positioned as a 
kid, as the baby, as the baby, too young to be doing what he was doing, too inexperienced, and so on. And I remember the first time that I was described as like you know, I can't remember experienced or veteran or something. I punched the air with joy. <laughs> and now, I mean, I've always had massive parties on my birthday, dinner parties, big parties. You've been to them. Yeah. Um, and I had a great one in LA last uh, last month for my for my fifty third birthday. Loved it because to me. Every year I've had, honestly, has been fascinating. And as long as you've got good, reasonably good health, that's the key thing. Yeah. I think that worrying about getting old, when actually all you get is a bit more wise. Well, I, okay, I can see there is an element to that, but this actually genuinely comes from, I, and I'm not a shy retiring wallflower by any means, but I find the pressure of a birthday party or doing anything where it's all about you and you have to make a speech or people are all coming or they're not coming. Pierce oh, hates all I, that. Well, yeah, he <laughs> loves that, clearly. Well, I, I love, don't to, like I love it all being about me. Yeah. I love a good party. Yeah. I love organising them. Uh, I have a big Christmas drinks party every year, which everyone now comes to. Yeah. And it's just, I love the randomness of it. We're at 10 o'clock in the evening. Uh, we had rugby players carrying out newsreaders. We had uh, and Dynamo, Dynamo doing tricks. Dynamo pitched amazing. up and did card tricks, yeah. and it was just great fun. I love all that. So to me, parties, birthdays, all that kind of thing—they're an excuse to see friends, to celebrate life, yeah. and to celebrate the fact we're all still alive. That's the, my thing. I think you get to an age where you just think, "Hey, I made it to another one." So right. do, you, do, yeah. do you enjoy your birthday now? I never. My birthday always. How old are you? I'm I'm 48. Did you like saying that? I don't care. You won't care for another two years, but you won't like turning 50. Why? I don't care. I just. I know. I think that no. I think more women need to own their age. age. They think women women don't like turning 40. They definitely don't like turning 50. And my mother said that 70 was a horror story. No, I don't. I don't like the attitude. I don't like the assumption that you're supposed to hate your age. Uh, if, you know, my age is on Facebook and people say, oh, well done for being brave. We all need to own our ages. I think, I think it's this ridiculous. Idea that people aren't asked their age. Yeah. I think it's ridiculous. Everyone should be. And, you should be. and I'm with you on that. You know, I would never lie about my age. There's, there's nothing more embarrassing, I think, when you're caught out for that. But this will be interesting. My next birthday, normally for the last 15, 16 years, my birthday has been smack bang in the middle of Milan Fashion Week. Mm. So I never get to actually mm. organise anything. Although there was, what was that one fabulous time where Donatella Versace grabbed a ring off a model and threw it at me and said, have a ring wow. for my really? birthday. Yeah, so that was pretty that cool. Was a good one. How much was it worth? I don't know, but it was bespoke you got it? off the catwalk. Yeah. You've still got it? That's yeah. pretty cool. Well, yeah. worth millions. I don't know. I don't know if it's worth well, millions. But yeah. Will you mention timings? Because my other thing, my theory behind why I don't like my birthday is because I'm an August baby. So I'm slap bang in the middle of August, August 15th. So for me, it was always in the middle of summer holidays. So no one could ever come to my birthday yeah. party. Yeah. Well, that's so, what they said. But it, anyway, and the fact that yeah. I'm fairly odious. Yeah. But my sister is September, so I would always have to have a joint birthday party with my sister. So for me, my birthday was never a big deal. Well, it's like child. anyone whose birthday's near Christmas. My youngest son's near yeah. Christmas, and they always double up. And they hate that because they don't get as many yeah, presents. It's the worst. I, I know friends who are actually born on Christmas Day. I mean, it must be a complete killer. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody cares about you. They all care about somebody else. My friend birthday. born on New Year's Day. Yeah. Everyone's too hungover to even remember. Uh, exactly. Yeah. Okay, so it's, it's, it uh, is just it's you. It's just me then. <laughs> I'm afraid it is. Well, I'm sure there's somebody out there that agrees with me. And if you do, please drop us an email um, on the usual email address. It's, don't email him, make him paranoid. Podcast <laughs> yeah. at gmail.com. Uh, and do send in any other um, suggestions for topics and guests that you'd like to see on the show. We'd love to hear from you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. 
PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Piers Morgan, James Williams, is it just me who has been known to grieve things that aren't a death? Like, like what? Like a job or... A piece of clothing. Or... Yeah, you can't. Yeah, yeah, I mean, yeah. You can't. I mean, I remember being when I got fired for the mirror and it was leading all the TV news for about three days. Yeah. And that night, uh, I'd been literally frog marched into the street after 10 years running a national newspaper. And I got back and about four or five of my mates came around, all the Chinese, loads of bottles of wine. And we watched the TV coverage howling with laughter. And it was like watching my own obituary. It was like I was dead, literally. And there are all these absolute tossers turning up on screen to pay either fake sincere tributes or nailing me. And, and they've been waiting to do it for ages. And it have, was you had, very... have you had a list for revenge? Oh, was, oh yeah, cool. I, <laughs> yeah. I've exacted terrible yeah. revenge on all of them. Yeah. But it was, uh, it was very, very good fun. But I also, I've always felt, every time I've had lots of highs and lows in my career, and I've always felt that uh, everything's an opportunity. There's no point crying about it. There's no point getting upset about it. Use it as a springboard to something else. If you can do that, you have that kind of rejuvenating quality to your character. Um, and I remember Kelvin McKenzie, when he was at his son, he said the single most annoying thing about me was he gave me the most ferocious bollocking of all time. And within an hour, I was bouncing back into his office with a big cheeky grin and a big story. And he found that incredibly irritating, but also quite impressive. And I think I've always had that ability. And I think it's a really good ability where the worst thing is to do is to wallow in self-pity or sulk because it doesn't get you anywhere. And in fact, you exude an air of yeah. death. Mm. You may as well kill yourself. It's like, come on, nothing's as bad as death. If you work yeah. from that standpoint, death, then serious illness. After that, everything is, is workable. Yeah. Whether it's think... moving house, which everyone says is so stressful, whether it's losing your house, financial problems, divorce, whatever it may be, nothing is as bad as serious illness or death. No, but I think anything Agree. that... Agree, but that I sense, think it's okay to feel sad about it. Yeah, and I think anything you that... You can feel sad but be, and be reflective and learn from it, yeah. but don't wallow. Wallowing is yeah. a terribly abusive but quality. I, I think it's other piece. Not everyone is as resilient or tenacious as you are, and some people will No, but they take, could be. They could be. Well, they will take a I think bit longer. My I think. issue with modern society <laughs> is that we're breeding a bunch of anxious weaklings... The number of people dropping out of university through anxiety has quadrupled in the last five years mm-hmm. at precisely the same rate that we spend our entire time talking about anxiety. 
and about people's feelings and about how they and my theory is not that people who have you know proper depression absolutely need everyone's focus attention help and treatment but people who just find it difficult to deal with run-of-the-mill life and need a bit of a kick mm. metaphorically speaking you know people shouldn't be afraid to do that and I to do, say come on let's get yourself together i, I do, do it with I, my kids I, I do worry about the awareness of awareness Mm. Do you know what I mean? It's I like, think there's yeah. far too much talk about stuff that yeah. then makes people think they believe. Yeah, and I think there's a culture of victimhood which is sweeping everywhere, mainly an American-driven thing. It's come to this country where everybody sort of wants to have a badge of victimhood about themselves. And my worry about that is, a, I think it's quite a weak thing to have for yourself to think of yourself as a victim generally if you can avoid it. Secondly, those who really are victims in life, and there are many of them. Right, whether they have severe addiction, severe depression, whatever it may be, I don't think they get the attention they need. You know, I read uh, last year, and it really annoyed me. You know, some survey: thirty-four million people in Britain are mentally ill. No, they're not. They're not, right? Because you take into that people who maybe, you know, have lost a parent and are grieving and stuff. That's not mental illness. That's life. Life has a lot of things which throw themselves at you, and you know, your ability to deal with them. Uh, comes, I think, from a more confident attitude that perhaps the new generation in particular are being encouraged to have. They're being encouraged to open up about everything, you know, open all their feelings, tell us all about your problems. And they start to think they've got problems. And you end up with these statistics like at university, uh, horrific rates of suicide at universities at the moment, terrible rates of dropouts from anxiety, and it can't be a coincidence. But that this people, is all happening at the some, same rate everyone is talking about. This some enough. people would say that uh, the suicides are because people have pent up feelings that they're not dealing but with. The rates so are, but the rates are increasing yeah. at the rate that everyone is talking about little else. And my worry with that is that it's just, it becomes, you know, for want of a terrible word, it becomes trendy to talk about these things and to start to think you yourself may be a problem or have a problem when you may not have a big problem. And so, it's, you know, I got into trouble using the phrase man up. I didn't mean for people who have suicidal tendencies or depression uh, or who are very ill. I meant it for people who just actually might be having a few little issues in their lives, which everybody gets. And they need to have conversations with people who can put it in proper perspective and say, come on, come mm. this, trust me, life gets a lot worse and better than this. Mm. You've got to... Pump yourself up a bit, believe in yourself, and go out, yeah. and tomorrow's another day. And I don't think there's enough of that conversation happening. I, I, think it's, no. and I think if you do try and have that conversation, in the way I've just said it, people howl with rage, and as if somehow it's wrong. And yet I've used it with people I know, with friends and family stuff, to good, very good effect. Yeah. It can work. I do agree with you, but I think what's... What, what is dangerous, I think, is that we are in a, in, in a climate where, you know, we are trying to encourage people to talk more about emotions, feelings... Which and, I'm not against. ...mental health. But, but, I do if, get, but, not, but it seems to be all we talk about. Yeah. And there have got to be other things that we can talk about in the public arena which don't make everybody think, am I mentally ill? No. And that's my worry with it. Is this, It's sort of relentless. Yeah. But that's yeah. where I think you, it, it's about perspective and you do, I think, have a responsibility, whether it's your friends, your family. You know, you don't let... You can tell the difference. Well, I come, from a t- I come from a pretty gritty family that have been through a lot of bad stuff over yeah. the years. Like every family. We've got a massive family. When you have a massive family, stuff happens, you know? Yeah. Tragedies happen. People, you know, die and, and terrible things happen. And it's how you deal with it is what I've learned. You know, when I spoke to my grandmother, who's a wonderful matriarch of the family... Uh, and my mother, they've both been through a lot of things, and they it's like sort of roll your sleeves up and get on with life. 
mm. attitude, which I think the last generation absolutely had installed in them. They were the post-war generation. So they come through something that's unimaginable to our generation, let alone our kids. And with my kids, I'm like, come on, you know, life's tough, but it can be great fun. So let's accentuate positives. Let's throw your best at everything you can do. Um, you know, let's strive to, to win in life. Yeah. It's, no bad, it's not a bad thing to be competitive, to want to win. Um, and you, you know, have all these schools now banning egg and spoon races. And so on. it drives me bonkers. So we've become not, we've become, I think, just a little soft. And we need to slightly toughen up because life can be quite tough. Maybe you should do an Instagram account of quotes. Yeah. Man up. Yeah. No, God. Man up for Piers Morgan. He's asking for more trouble, isn't well, he? Can't even, he can't even... Okay, lastly on today's show then, guys. Um, I hate myself for saying this. I never thought I would. But is it just me who is gradually warming to the idea of veganism and I kind of hate yes, myself yes it is it's you <laughs> yes it's I you because yeah. I know it's very trendy and zeitgeisty but I'm just becoming more and more aware maybe it's because we're being you know perceived by it on social media about you know dairy and dairy farming and just the gradual so you know erosion of our planet and the transportation of meat I don't know it's gradually I'm a hardened carnivore always has been but it is gradually chipping away at me well, I'm a massive hypocrite in that I understand that we need to address this mm. as a global concern, but I don't want to be a vegan. No. I just don't want to. Anything worse. Vegan no. food is, is... It's awful. Horrible. It's awful. Oh, vegans, no. Most yeah. vegans look ill. They oh. eat terrible food. And it's like, what's the point? And then they come in normally wearing their leather belts and leather shoes and so on. So there's a rank hypocrisy everywhere, mm. you know? And I, I've had this debate many times on Good Morning Britain. Look, if you want to be a vegan, I've got no problem. But don't become a vegan terrorist, mm. right? We have, you know, restaurants where that woman was hounded out of her job recently in that restaurant for a sort of jokey thing with vegans and stuff. It's, look, if you don't want to eat meat, don't eat meat. But, you know, meat animals eat other meat animals. Mm. That's the law of the jungle. There's nothing, nothing wrong or unnatural about it. In the jungle, animals eat animals, right? We're animals, we need a balanced diet that includes meat to live, I believe. Mm. And whenever you see most vegans, there are some exceptions. And Lewis Hamilton, I think, is a vegan. He's obviously a very fit guy. I saw Pamela Anderson the other day. She's a vegan. She looks pretty good. Most vegans I meet are emaciated, very pale, and they have odour issues. I don't think I know enough vegans to comment on that. I'm, I'm, all, I'm fine <laughs> with vegetarianism. Yeah. But it's just when you can't even have cheese. That's ridiculous. That's what I'm, you know. I, know, you can't I don't have want milk, to live in you that world. Cheese. You, can't, you yeah. can't basically exist. Yeah. You have to have leaves. You have yeah. to have the Victoria Beckham diet. <laughs> well, well, I've seen leaves. her eat a crab stick. So. <laughs> really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. A whole one? Yeah. Really? Once we did a shoot with her and she wanted, we had to get in some crab sticks especially. So she's not a vegan. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I guess that maybe, don't you think though, that that's a very cliched perception of veganism? Probably, and it, yeah. And it is changing. I do Probably, think there are people Probably, but I just think that it's in the end, it, they're all about choice until mm. you decide you don't want to be a vegan. And then they're furious. It's like the argument with all these things. And I think there's an argument, again, my issue with the whole whether it's the gender fluid debate or the veganism debate or whatever, is you have these very, very niche groups who actually want everyone to be like them mm. and, uh, or, or, or all the rules change for them. Every restaurant signage to be changed to reflect veganism. Every, uh, every girls' school in the country can no longer say the word girls, even though they're called girls' schools, because it might offend the one gender fluid person in the school and so on. And I don't think you should be changing society 
in a dramatic way to cater for minorities. I really don't. And veganism remains a minority in this country. Most people eat a balanced diet, including meat. We shouldn't be made to feel bad about it. And yet you get these vegan terrorists who just scream abuse. I mean, I, I get them on... Um, I don't know where they get the energy, even though they don't eat meat. Vegan terrorists. <laughs> yeah. Well, where do they get the energy from? Oh. Because they're screaming abuse all day long. I'm like, jeez, you haven't even eaten a, a good steak. Where have you got this from? Can't get it from plants. You know, nuts and pulses can be, yeah. yeah. I guarantee they'll be still screaming after this podcast They will out. be. I don't know. It's you probably have a lot of vegan listeners, eh? I'd imagine. <laughs> well, we embrace all listeners. Yeah. <laughs> vegan or otherwise. Uh, Just don't make me eat vegan cheese. Yeah. Just yeah. don't make me do it. I'm no. sure, yeah. you know, there will be some strong opinions out there. So do let us know. If we, you um, can make vegan food taste even remotely... Tasty. Get in touch. I'll have a go then. Okay. Once, well, a, once well, a week. On a I Sunday. think it is out there. So, it's so a truth, it. Piers. It's out there. So you you're slagging it. all this off, and you've actually never had a vegan meal. Oh, I've eaten them. They're terrible. Like what? Huh? What have you eaten? Some of those. I've eaten vegan food to try it out. There was a vegan lesbian cafe near me. Literally, it was run by lesbians, and they did vegan food. And that's and how I they go in there. It, I used to go in there once a week and have a bowl of gruel, and it was horrible. But did and they, it shut down because nobody wanted to eat did it. Did they market themselves as the vegan lesbians or are you adding the lesbian... I don't think they hid their sexuality. <laughs> no, no, no. It's like, I don't think it was a secret. It's like it's a big selling point. I don't think it wasn't on a fly or anything. <laughs> it, to me, it, was a, it made them a very unusual emporium to go and have lunch. Uh, but I tried, I tried my best for uh, once a week and it was just, honestly, it was just tasteless gruel. Right. So, but you're, you're for the persuading, though. We just need to find some good vegan food. Give me very, if the vegan food is tastier than my normal fare, I'll eat it, obviously. But he, he is open to being persuaded. I'm always open to being persuaded I'm wrong. It just very rarely happens. <laughs> and there's your T-shirt, ladies and gentlemen. I was going to say, on that note, <laughs> yeah. he's been everything we could have wished for and more. He doesn't disappoint. Uh, Thank you very much, Piers. My Michael. pleasure. Piers. Thank you. Thank you. No your very busy schedule, and you're, well, you've been up since God knows what time. I've been up since, yeah, about quarter to five. How much longer can you do? Because it is hardcore doing the breakfast. Um, do you think you've got a good well, I did actually. Day? I did actually quit in the summer, but then they made me the proverbial offer I couldn't refuse. So I'm, I'm doing it at least till the end of next year now. But, it's hard, but they it? did move the studios to five minutes from my front door, which has really helped. Yeah. <laughs> so that was as of last week. So yeah. that's made life a lot easier. Piers is actually 25. But it's just yeah. this breakfast show. That's, <laughs> actually, yeah. I came back from uh, three weeks in LA last week and looked so healthy by comparison to my normally very pallid early morning show death warmed up <laughs> look. The people thought I'd actually had plastic surgery. As you can see in the flesh, that's not the case. He's only been a week. Or if it has, I need <laughs> yeah. to get my money back. Yes, here's his beauty secrets coming yeah, soon. Exactly. Yeah, I, did, yes. I appeared on, on Lorraine yeah. Kelly with him. Yeah. And uh, she wanted to get to the bottom of how I didn't have any wrinkles on my forehead, which I don't, I have a very smooth forehead, which is just the way God intended me. And then, without, knowing, uh, without me knowing, she got my wife to ring in, Celia, who said that it was actually, that I had such a gigantic ego that it was now pushing through the skin and therefore self ironing the wrinkles. Which is a bit uncalled for. And when you've got that cheerleader in your corner. Exactly. Come when your own lose. wife taking you down on national TV. <laughs> Give us love the no hope. We do love Celia. I know you do. Um, yeah. yeah. And well, thank you as well. Pleasure. We do love you. Really? Yeah. Don't say that. Obviously, Sometimes. Yeah. 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 He's got an image job. Thanks, everyone. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. 
And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.